If you have your Bibles, I would like for you to join me today in the book of Hebrews. We are going to read a couple of verses in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and um, I'll give you just a moment or two to get there. Last week was awesome. The kids did great in their Christmas production. So many people were complimentary and enjoyed the day in our worship team. They did a fantastic job. So many people involved in all of the practices and all of uh, the preparations to to pull that off last week. Let's everybody just put our hands together for those that were involved last Sunday. Great, great day. And for many of you that were in attendance and those that brought guests with you, thank you so much for for bringing your guests along and being there at Grant Beacon. We we, uh, never know when we show up in a new facility like that, what we're going to be dealing with. And so last week there was a lot of remaining snow and ice and construction that was going on, the sidewalks and and neighborhood that wasn't thoroughly clean yet. But you know what? You guys were troopers and you pressed right on through. And and I'm thankful that uh, the culture at Vertical is simply about doing the best with what we have. Amen. Doing, Doing the best with what we have. And so last week it was great. And I didn't hear any complaining or nobody negative about the situation that we were confronted with. It was the end of Thanksgiving week. People had not been in the school all week. The building engineers and folks that normally would be there. They had been off for a number of days and so we dealt with it and you guys did awesome and I commend you for that and it was a great it was a great Sunday. When we look back over this last year, the the several times that we met together at, at Grant Beacon have been fantastic and it and it's because of all of you. Amen. And I thank you for that. So we're reading today out of the book of Hebrews, the eleventh chapter just the first two verses of Scripture. Verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. I'm going to talk to you for a little while today from uh, these verses along with others that I will direct your attention to as we move through the message today, but I want to talk to you about yesterday's faith won't change today's dilemma. Yesterday's faith won't change today's dilemma. I know I could say will not change today's dilemma, but I just want to say won't change it. Because in modern vernacular, we will say what is the most... uh, efficient and useful and passionate and I promise you when you're trying to get desperate about situations you most likely will not use the king's English you'll just say I can't take this anymore but I want to say to you today that yesterday's faith won't change today's dilemma amen God bless you you may be seated Reports are interesting. How many would agree with me that reports are interesting? We start out at school age dreading reports. I was thinking about this the last few days, and and if you know what I'm talking about, then you just help me preach a little bit today. I 
for one could say, and maybe Kenny would agree with me, report cards were not a fun time around our home. I did not look forward to report cards. Zach, I see you helping me over there. Um, Now, I always heard the story of my father and the way he was raised and his mother back in the day in the one school, one room schoolhouse with many of the grades together and only a few people in each grade. When they would send report cards home, my grandmother with, uh, with my father and his siblings, she, if she didn't agree with the grade that the teacher gave, my grandmother would just change the grades on the report card and send it back with, with her children and dare the teacher or anybody to say it was different. And I mean that. I, I mean that. My grandmother more than once went to the school when the principal or teacher gave a little bit of a kickback to her, her children saying, but that's not the grade I gave you. And my father and his siblings would say, but that's what our mother said it was. And, and the teacher would say, or the principal would say, well, that's not. And they said, well, my mother can come down here. And they'd say, oh, no, whatever you do, do not let Miss Maddie come down here because if my grandmother showed up, she showed up to fight. So that's just the way we were raised and that's the way she was and and she believed that those uh, F's that maybe came in the report card were actually a B and she just forgot, the teacher forgot to finish writing what needed to be written. So, So for my father and his siblings, report cards were not that big of a deal, but for me they were a dreaded moment when it would come around. Reports. Book reports. Anybody remember book reports? Book reports. Now, Karen, I'm not preaching to you today in this part because you're abnormal and you like all of this stuff. But but many of us sitting here did not like the fact when they would say, you have to read this book and there's a report that needs to be done and it has to be X amount of pages or words and, and book reports, dreaded, dreaded reports. Then we, thank you Ben, then we, we grow up and uh, we, f- we start facing reports in our, in our various careers and we have to deal with quarterly reports and we have to deal with uh, end of the year reports and we have to deal with annual reports. When the reports, uh, the time comes to, to give out reports, there's some people who, who enjoy that process but, but many people kind of dread the whole deal because you know what is coming. That's why I say reports are interesting. They affect us all in, in different ways. And, and as we age, as we age, and I will say that maybe there's some setting here today that uh, when I say report, you know what it requires, that there is a parole officer that you have to report to. I don't know. Maybe that's your, maybe that's your world, but it could be. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But reports come to us all. They come to us all and we have to face them and deal with them. And, and as we, uh, we advance in age, the most miserable reports that we, we face have to do with doctor visits. The reports that we wait on and the outcome of, 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 of what we are wondering we're going to hear. It's a report that, that, that may be favorable, but most likely it's not going to be. And if it's not 
doctor's reports then for some of us it's the financial investments that we've made and we're wondering about the reports will I be able to retire will I be able to survive when is that day coming how long will this last With all of this comes to us in the form of reports it's information that gets back to us and, and it either encourages us or discourages us. It empowers us or it causes us to walk away with uh, regret. And, and reports are many and I've only named a few of them here and we're going to talk uh, more about them in a few moments. But it was in John the 11th chapter. We read our text from Hebrews 11 and now I'm looking at John 11. John 11, uh, here is a story that, that is unfolding and verse 18 says now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. It's the 11th chapter of John where we read the story of Lazarus. Lazarus has passed away and his sisters now are uh, dealing with the passing of their brother and people are trying to comfort them. Then Martha, one of those sisters, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Martha came to Jesus. If you read earlier in the chapter, Jesus had delayed his coming when he heard that that, that Lazarus was in this condition and, and people wondered why Jesus didn't hurry to his bedside. It was days later when he actually goes there and now Martha shows up and her brother has passed and she says to the Lord, she said, if, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had just been here a few days ago, my brother would not be dead and we would not be grieving now. And Jesus has a conversation with Martha and he explains to her that he is the resurrection and he is the life and all of this is unfolding in the story and now in verse 30 as we move several verses down Jesus was not yet coming to the town he wasn't even there yet Martha had gone out to meet him but was in that place where Martha met him the Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out following her saying she goeth unto the grave to weep there. Mary stayed at home when Martha went to meet Jesus and Martha said to the Lord if you'd just been here my brother would be alive. My brother would not be dead. Now Mary arises in her home and the Jews are watching her and they assume she is going to the grave where her brother is and she's going to mourn his passing. Then when Mary was come to where Jesus was, now Mary goes to where Jesus is. He's not yet in the city. 
And Mary goes to where he is, not at the same time that Martha had gone to meet with him. And she saw him, she fell down at his feet and said unto him, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Mary says the same thing that Martha said. Two different instances here, Mary and Martha saying the same thing just revealing what they were feeling and how uh, they were trying to deal with the loss of their brother. They both said, if you had been here, things would be different. If you had just been here, the situation would not be as it is today. Have you ever felt that way? In all honesty, if you had just been here, things would be different. If you had just shown up a few days ago, things would be different. If you would have come into my life a few months before, a few years before, a decade before, I may not have had to face some of the things that I've faced. And I may not have some of the issues that I'm dealing with right now if you had just been here in the past. If you, and, and, and maybe today you are dealing with something like this, grappling with a similar thought right now, that if you had just shown up in that work situation, if you had just shown up in this family situation, if you had just shown up in this physical situation, if you had just shown up a few days ago, weeks ago, months ago, years ago, I would not have to be dealing with what I'm dealing with right now. That's where they were. Both of these ladies, sisters, facing now the feelings of the loss of their brother, saying to the Lord, if you had just been here, our brother would not be dead. But you have to see that in Martha's statement, she doesn't stop in verse 21 by just saying, Lord, if you had been here, Things would be different. But she goes on in verse 22 and she said, But I know that even now, she said, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Amen. Both of these sisters saying the same thing. If you had been here, things would be different. But only one of them going a little bit farther saying this, but I know that even now, that no matter what it happened, what happened then, I know now that whatever you ask of God, God will give it thee. She stepped into, Martha steps into the realm of there is more to you than stories and possibilities of yesterday or history of miraculous happenings then. Martha is saying, Lord, but I believe there's more to you than just what happened yesterday or what could have gone on in the past. But I, I believe that something can happen right now. That's powerful to me. And I encourage someone in this place today 
to, to bring the potential of your God into current reality. Some of us are talking about a God of yesterday and a God of what ifs and a God if you had been here. Really what we need to do is bring our God into current reality and say, but I know that you can do something now. Even though it didn't seem like anything was done then, I believe you can do something now. There are too many God, too many people that are living their life for the Lord as though it's only a, a a historical thing or that it's just something ancient or something of yesterday when God wants to be a part of our right now reality. He wants to be a part of what's going on in our lives right now. Somebody shout today. Come on, shout today. Hebrews 13, 11 says this, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, amen, amen, and forever. Jesus Christ, the same. Tell somebody beside you, the same. I, I, I don't know about others that claim to be religious leaders or gods of sorts, or I, I don't know about them, but I know about Jesus. And the Bible said that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So it's not just about if you had been here. It's about, but I know that even now, I know that it's not just yesterday, but you are a God that can work right now. That you are Jesus Christ, the same. Shout the same. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Ever. Hebrews 11, I read uh, two verses to you when we began. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Amen. Now, I, I've said it before and I think it bears repeating again, but now faith is the only kind of faith in the face of fear that works. Yesterday faith doesn't work. Now faith works. Today faith works. The reality of the moment you're in kind of faith works. Yesterday holds no bearing on right now. And tomorrow is not here yet. It's this moment faith. It's right now faith. We need now faith is. Not yesterday faith is the substance of things hoped for. Tomorrow faith is the substance of things hoped for. The scripture said now faith is. It's an active thing that must be in our life in a current context. Amen. Not something distant. Not something in the future. But something that is taking place in our lives in the moment that we are living in. It's that kind of radical confidence that Martha tapped into when she said, if you had been here, my brother would not be dead. But I know, I know, I know, I know, I believe this wholeheartedly that even now, she said, even now, it was radical of sorts. Her, her sister did not even tap into this, but Martha did because she wanted to live in the moment then, that even now, if you ask God, God will move in your situation. Amen. But I know that even now, somebody shout now. Do you believe God can work in your situation now? 
Do you believe God can move in that struggle you're facing now? That it's not something you have to wait for or something that you would just anticipate down the road, but something can happen right now in your family. Something can happen right now in your body. Something can happen right now in your finances. Something can happen right now in your walk with Him. That it's not, well, yesterday, if only I would have, if I would have just given my life to the Lord then, if I would have just listen to the instruction then if I would have just made a different decision then quit living there you can't do anything about that but you can do a whole lot about right now I don't know about then and I'm not sure about tomorrow but I do know God will hear my request now God will respond to my faith now God will move on my behalf now she said but I know are you convinced of this She was convinced, but I know, I know. She didn't leave this up to wonder or question or there's a possibility or perhaps it'll happen. She said, I know. That's the kind of confidence in the face of loss, in the face of struggle, in the face of a challenge. Her brother has been dead only four days and she's saying if you had been here with all of this grief and all of this pain and all of this worry and loss and stress that was in her life, she, said, she still said, but I know that even now. Sometimes you have to dig through and wade through all of the emotions and all of the thoughts and all of the questions and all the stuff that's building up on you in the moment and say, yes, all that's going on, but I know, hallelujah, that even now, when it doesn't look like it can change and it doesn't look like it's going to turn around and it doesn't look like it's going to be any different, I know that even now, God can move in my situation. God will turn this around. One of the many, one of the many travesties that people often face is taking their their actions and their efforts of the past or thinking that their actions and their efforts of the past will continue benefiting them in the immediate. What I mean by that is you can't just rely on the relationship you had with God yesterday. You can't rely on, well, I went to church for many years. Well, I gave for many years. Well, I prayed for many years. Well, I did this for many years. The travesty is there are a lot of people in the church today who claim Christianity who are only relying on their actions of the past. They are totally and completely thinking that their efforts of yesterday will benefit them today and indefinitely. That I don't really have to do anything right now because of everything that I did then. That's living on yesterday kind of faith. That's living on the past kind of efforts that you put forth instead of realizing that what God is looking for is a right now real relationship that He can have with you in the moment that you were in. Not then, but now. How are you living for Him now? How are you praying now? How are you fasting now? How are you being faithful now? How are you worshiping now? How are you in His Word now? How are you giving now? How are you witnessing now? We never get to the place where we say, I did all of that, now I don't have to do anything and I can just rely on that. Not in the context of a relationship with God. 
He is looking for now faith. Not when I was eight years old, I gave my life to the Lord. Well, I went to a summer camp. No, what are you doing now? Because yesterday's faith won't benefit you or change your situation or dilemma now. Only right now faith. Only today's faith. Only where you are. Well, I've got all this stuff in my life. And, and, and it seemed that in the past it was much easier. And I didn't have all this same stress. And I didn't have all this same worry. And I didn't have all these moving parts. And all this stuff wasn't going on. Martha was facing the same thing. And what you have to realize, listen, is that Jesus had a personal relationship with this family. Jesus was not a stranger to them. He was not someone that they had heard about, but someone that Jesus interacted with on a consistent basis. When when you read the story, the Bible tells us, as you go back in the earlier part of Chapter 11, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and his sister Martha. It was Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. So it's telling us, that there was already a connection there. We read the story of Mary and anointing Him and the encounter that He had there. And they say, Lord, the the man that You love, Your friend, is sick. Not a stranger to You, but someone that You interact with. Someone that You are mindful of. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Mary and Martha were connected with Jesus. Not as just strangers that he met one day passing through a city, but someone that he had, a family, an ongoing relationship with. And they said, Lazarus, the one that you love, he's dying. Get here. And instead of Jesus moving immediately there, it was days before he got there. And now these sisters are dealing with, but I thought you loved us. And we've made sacrifices for you. We've poured our uh, appreciation out. We have shown, you have been in our home. We have gone out of our way to serve you, to recognize you, to support you. See, at any moment, they could have gone back to their relationship of yesterday, their sacrifices of the past, their inroads and connections that they had with Him in days gone by, and said, all of that should have been enough for you to be here and do something about this. There's a lot of people in their walk with God that are living right there. Well, I gave then, I prayed then, I sacrificed then, I was faithful then, that you ought to just show up and do this just because of who I am. Hey, let me tell you, none of that is going to weigh in in the situation and the dilemma you're facing right now and if it will change or not. 
Lazarus still died. (laughs) Even though there was a family, personal, intimate connection with Jesus. It was Martha who said, if you had been here, I know, I know things would be different. But but, but I believe, I, I believe that even now it's going to be different. So I'm preaching to you. If you're here at the end of 2019, say, God ought to just show up. God ought to just be working in this. God ought to just do what I think He should do without me having to say anything. He's looking for right now faith. He's looking for now faith is... This moment that you're, you're living now. Not saying, well, my parents did this and my grandparents did that and my siblings did that and anybody... Well, listen, God wants to know, is it still real for you now? Is it still meaning for you, meaningful for you now? Is it still really everything that it used to be right now? Or has it grown cold and is it something that was only then and you're just relying upon things of the past? Yesterday's faith won't change today's dilemma. You have to introduce faith into the reality that you are facing right now. I'm talking to somebody and I pray that you are listening. Take a moment. Consider my thoughts today. Yesterday's faith nor tomorrow's faith will change today's dilemma. It takes today's faith. It takes right now faith. You better find some faith today. Some today faith. Because this is what, this is what the writer said. God will. She said, I, I, I know it. I believe it. And, and you just ask and God will. I'm preaching to you about a God will. A God that will move in your situation if you bring today faith. God will answer your prayer if you bring today faith. God will come through in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, on your job, in your body if you will bring today faith. Not, well, my family prayed for me years ago. Well, are you praying today? Well, we made great sacrifices in the past, but what are you doing right now? Because only what you are doing right now will make a difference in today's challenge. The Bible said, for by it, This is the second verse of Hebrews 11. For by it. For by what? For by faith. What kind of faith? Now faith. Verse 1. Now faith is. Verse 2, the writer said, he went on to say, for by it. For by what? By now faith. By now faith the elders obtain. Who obtain? Those in the past. Those that we look to. Those that we revere. Those that, those that we say, I want to be like them. They made it living for God. I, I, those are the kind of people that I admire. Who? The elders, they did what? They obtained. They found. They possessed. They received. They walked in. Well, I want to be like them. Well, I want to have, I want those testimonies. I, I, I want to be able. Well, let me tell you how you do it. For by it. For by what? By now faith. The elders, the people you admire, the people you look up to, the people that set an example in living for God through good and bad and thick and thin and up and down and sunshine and darkness and rain and everything that comes into life. What did they do? They obtained. They found it. They received it. They possessed it. They got a hold. What did they get a hold of? A good report. A good report. Not a dreaded report. Come on, I talked about it in the beginning. You may go to the doctor and you're dreading the report. 
You may go see your uh, financial advisor and you're dreading the report. Or you may be the person that's running a business or you're helping run a business or you're at least giving a report and you're not sure about that end of the year report you're about to give out. And oh, this may be received well, this might not be, be received well. They obtained, the Bible said, a good report. A good report. It was good. Good just kept happening in their lives. God just kept coming through in their lives. They they weren't dreading tomorrow or today or what was going on because they knew that by right now, present today, faith, there will always be a good report. Why will there always be a good report? Because God will move. If you'll ask Him to move, God will show up. Yesterday's faith won't change today's dilemma, but today's faith will. Give your neighbor a high five and say, today's faith will. Today's faith will. I don't want you to walk out of here depressed. I don't want you to walk out of here overwhelmed. I don't want you to walk out of here feeling like there's no hope. The elders obtained a good report. How did they obtain a good report? By walking in right now faith. Right now faith will change the situation you are in before the year closes out several years ago um, a family member pastoring a church that was had gone through a lot of uh, trials various things that that I could tell you about but I don't want to belabor the point just they had gone through a season of of loss loss numerically and loss financially and loss spiritually and, and, and the story uh, is is long and drawn out, and they were literally at the place of losing everything that they had built. Not just family, but every asset, everything that the church had acquired, the property, the buildings, everything was literally ending. And nobody knew it. Nobody knew it but those that were in leadership. The church had no idea that they were only weeks away from the note on the building and property being called. Everything going into foreclosure and the church dissolving completely. The church didn't know it. The leadership did. And they were praying, God, you got to do something now. you got to come through now. You have to show up now. To the tune of millions of dollars. Not hundreds, not thousands, millions of dollars. And on Saturday, literally the last weekend of the year, the note was being called on Monday. The banks had already reached out and said, Monday, the first day of the new year, it's all over. They were on the last weekend of the year. I'm not, I'm not uh, over ex- or exaggerating or, or, or describing this uh, with hyperbole or anything. No, this is true. It's Saturday. Tomorrow, Sunday, will most likely be the last service they will have in that building. And nobody in the congregation with hundreds of people have any idea it's over come Monday. 
on Saturday morning, a gentleman called the pastor and said, Hey, pastor, you have a minute? Yes, yes, I've got a, I got a minute. You mind meeting me at the church? No, I don't mind meeting you there. I, I want to I talk to you. i got something I want to give you. Okay. Pastor goes to the church, shows up at the office, knowing that in less than 48 hours it's all going under unless God does something right now. Gentlemen, been visiting the church for a while. Nobody really even knew him. Wasn't connected with folks in the church. Wasn't involved in anything going on. Just been coming to services occasionally. Nobody was standing in the pulpit saying, this is what we need, this is what we got to do. Oh my God, it's going under. Just having church, preaching faith, believing God. Somehow God's going to work it all out. And a man walks in and says, in the office on Saturday morning, looking at the pastor. I want to bring you something today. Okay. Yeah, it's a check. Um, Here's the check. He writes the check. The pastor has forgotten his glasses at home. He can't read the check. All he can do is look at it and know that there's a bunch of numbers there. But he has no idea how many numbers are there. So imagine imagine that moment, Holly, <laughs> with a man writing a bunch of numbers, handing you a check, and you can't read it to get excited about what it is. Can I tell you what it was? 4.4 million dollars. 400, 4,444,044 all fours. Literally paid the entire property, the buildings, and everything that was owed on Saturday morning with the bank going to call the note on Monday. Don't tell me God won't do it. I know He will do it. I know He will do it. But you can't live in yesterday kind of faith. You have to live in right now kind of faith. God, nobody was in the mully grubs. Nobody was standing in the pulpit making people feel horrible, all depressed. Some of us spend all of our time talking about how negative everything is and because negativity has filled your life, there's no room for faith in your life. You have to decide either you believe God can do it or you don't. And you, if you believe He can do it, then you have to believe He can do it right now. You not, not just I believe He can do it yesterday or I believe He can do it in the future. No, I believe He can do it right now. And can I tell you, I have one sister and one brother-in-law on that side of my family. And that was my brother-in-law standing there with no glasses on and couldn't read a check that somebody just gave him for $4 million. I'm not preaching to you about something in some other place that I know nothing about and second and third and heard it. No, I'm talking about my family. They're having church today, years later, years later, with probably close to a thousand people in service this morning because somebody walked in and responded to now faith. Don't tell me God won't do it. I know God will do it. And I feel faith in this place right now. 
I feel faith in this house right now that no matter what your situation is, it's not too hard for God. Quit trying to think that, oh, if you had been here, it would be different. Hey, He's here! He's here! If you would have been, He's here! He's here right now! What will you do with the God that's here right now? Quit trying to think about one of yesterday. Think about the one that's here right now that can move in your family, move in your body, move in your marriage, move in your home. That God is here right now. Let's stand together.